Hey, it's Barbara Phillips with NPBO, and I wanted to give you a heads up on a webinar that we have coming up Thursday, May 16th, and it will be with a certified healthcare privacy person who has been in charge of a very large healthcare organization and their privacy compliance, HIPAA, and all of that sort of thing. And I think it's very important that all clinicians attend this one because HIPAA affects all of us. And so you can get more information about that at npbusiness.org forward slash privacy matters. And just another quick heads up after that, in June, we'll be talking with someone who has been in charge of the IT compliance to protect the organization. And so this one will be geared toward how do you protect yourself as well as your practice. And I'll be sharing more information about that later. So let's move on with the podcast. You're listening to the NP Business Matters podcast, episode number 58, starting your practice with a framework. Hello, and welcome to the NP Business Matters podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you, the nurse practitioner, to start, grow, and succeed in business. I'm your host, Barbara C. Phillips, and I'm the founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner. And since 2007, we've been providing education, resources, and support all about the business of being a nurse practitioner. You can learn more by visiting us at npbusiness.org. Now, for the past 15 years, I've been teaching nurse practitioners how to start their own practices. And over the years, I realized there was a framework to use that makes this so much easier to conceptualize all the different moving parts. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now, since this is so visual, I encourage you to either Visit us at the show notes at npbusiness.org forward slash framework, where you can also watch this video or to catch the video on our YouTube channel, and that's youtube.com forward slash npbusiness. So let's dive in. So starting a practice is not an easy thing to do, and I think we can all agree on this. It's also not a linear process. There are so many different moving parts. Many things are happening all at once, and they are often interdependent on one another. Now, for those of us who learned to follow protocols or step-by-step instructions, this can really trip us up. And as I thought about this and I watched some of the NPs that I was working with struggle with trying to fit this process into a linear framework, I came up with my own framework. Now, if you're not watching this, I want you to imagine a Venn diagram overlaid with several more diagrams. Another way to think about this is as a web, say a web of neurons or even a complex spider web. All the connections are interdependent on the various pathways and channels and other connections. So the first thing that I like to talk about is current practice models. So so why is that? Well, oftentimes I hear from nurse practitioners who want to start a practice, but they're not sure just what they should do or what they can do. 
So in this section, we talk about that and the various considerations for the types of practices that can be created. We also get a little bit creative in what can we add or take away and how do we make our practice unique. Now, recently, I've also started adding a little bit of ethics into this section because we as nurse practitioners need reminders from time to time about ethics. So the next section I teach on is what I call the PPFM analysis. And I'm going to go into more depth in a little bit on that one. But this is really where you start taking a look at what it is that you're going to be doing and doing that research and finding out the information that you need. Basically, it's the basis of your business plan. But again, I'll talk about that in a moment. Now, when starting a practice or any business for that matter, we need to create it. And what we're doing is we're creating a living, breathing entity unto itself. Okay, so we need to create this structure, this legal structure that is going to house the business. And there's different parts of that when you are going to create this independent structure. Now, revenue generation is, of course, a huge part of what I teach. And we need to figure out how we're going to do this before we can do much of anything else. And again, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Next up, and again, even though I'm saying next, 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 these are all interdependent and there's bits and pieces all over the place on all of these. But again, next up, if you will, we have to talk about marketing and bringing patients into your practice. And it's an issue that many, many NPs face. And all too often, it's the last thing that people do And they find themselves finally with their doors open and then there's no patience. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as well. I also talk about what I call tools of the trade. And this is all about what we need in our practices. Some of it can be pretty self-explanatory, but the other part of that is how do you choose? What's going to be best? Where do you find it? Do you really need something? Do you have to pay all that money for it? And hint, no, you don't. So the last two sections that I talk about, they're listed on here together, but they're really separate. And one of them is clinic operations. Now, this is not what you think. I'm not talking about how you as the clinician are taking care of that patient, but I'm talking about the process and that workflow when some when you bring somebody into the back. Now, hold on a second, because I realize some of you might think, but wait a minute, I don't have a back. I do house calls. But what I'm talking about is that whole process, that whole workflow of how you are going to deal with that patient from the moment that they call you up until you take them through your process to do the care that you do, and then what happens afterwards. There's a huge workflow there that a lot of times as employees, we don't see or even think about because we go in and we see our patients, we take care of our patients, and then we go to the next. We don't see the rest of it. So that's what I talk about in clinic operations, along with all the policies and procedures you need to have in place for that. 
So probably the most important thing that I talk about, and and I don't, I even hesitate to say most important thing, is going to be the business operations, because this is how you do business. And this is an area that if you're not doing this, you don't have a business. And again, I'm going to talk more about all of that. Now, as you can tell, there's a lot of ground that gets covered in this when you're learning to start doing your own business. And I tell you, I get pretty disappointed, pretty dismayed when I see someone offering maybe a four-hour workshop that's going to teach you everything that you need to know in order to start a practice. I really wish that were true, but there's really no shortcuts here. It's a complex process and it needs all of your attention. So let me tell you a bit more about four of the areas in a little more detail here so that you can get a better idea. So first up is what I call the PPFM analysis. Now, as we know from Nursing 101 and probably Physician Education 101, everything starts with an assessment, right? So standard business education, what they do is they give us the, the SWOT analysis, and that's where you see your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And it's a great model, and I think you can use it in so many different areas of your lives. But when we're talking about starting a practice, I think you should take the SWOT analysis and also add it in with what I call the PPFM analysis. So what that stands for is the personal professional, financial, and market. I don't mean marketing, but I mean market. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. And I think when you take all of this together, it should answer the question for you, should you start a practice? Okay. So basically what we're really doing here, when you look at the personal and professional, that's really assessing your practice readiness. And it's not as simple of, oh, I think I'll start a practice and then just running off and doing it. You have a whole life just in that personal aspect that needs to be considered and needs to be looked at before you even go to part two, which is professionally, are you ready to do this? Not everybody is. And you know, while I'm on that little topic here, let me just throw that in as an aside you don't need to start a practice. And not everybody is ready to start a practice. And a practice ownership is not a good fit for everybody. One of the things that we actually um, have a course on is business planning. And a nurse practitioner that I know, she's a fabulous nurse practitioner. And she does really remarkable work, not only with her patients, but on the policy end of things as well. She took our business startup course, or excuse me, not our business startup course, but our business planning course. And she contacted me and said, I am so glad I took this because I discovered that this is not what I want to do. So I think it's good for you to understand whether you really want to start a practice or not. Now, I've kind of gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but it 
it is important, I think, because so many people, it seems like it's the it thing to do right now, is that you come out of school and my goodness, I'm going to start my practice. Well, maybe you're not quite ready. The last thing you want to do is get into practice and two years down the line go, you know, I really don't like this. I don't want to do it and close up shop. I mean, look at all the blood, sweat and tears that you've put in to getting that practice going and you find out that it's not for you. The other part of that is you put all of this into this, but you haven't done the right work. And then you find out that it's not working. It's not working financially or for other reasons, and then you give it up then. That's why this whole assessment process is so important. And you can probably tell that I'm pretty passionate about it because I see too many people getting started and they haven't done the upfront work. This whole section should be done before you do anything else. Now, let me talk about the financial part and the market part. The financial part is really just looking about the financial feasibility of all of this. What is it going to cost you? Right? Not only what is it going to cost you when you start up, but what does it look like it's going to cost you as far as the monthly operations? And yes, it's a guesstimate at this point, but that's what you need. You need that guesstimate. So What is it going to cost you? And are you going to be able to generate that kind of revenue? Any business should be looking at this, right? You need to know, can you generate the revenue to make this financially viable? Then the market part of this is really all about who else is doing this? Is there a need for this practice? What is my quote unquote competition? And what are some of the other things that I should be thinking about? I've already talked about in the first module, we look at how can you be unique? You know, how can you be different than the other practices that are out there? So this is all that research that you have to do up front so that you understand whether you can make this work. So I I hope that that makes sense and it gives you um, a little bit more to think about here. So let's move on to revenue generation. We all know, I think, a little bit more about what this has to, to do with everything. But, you know, there's that popular saying out there that if your business is not making money, you don't have a business, but you have a hobby. A business really does need to generate revenue in order to continue offering services. And you need to generate revenue, right? You need to support your family and your employees. You need to support them too so that they can support your families. And so you you can see that perhaps this is a cycle. You make more money, so there's more revenue coming in. You're able to provide more services to more people. You generate more revenue. You provide even more services. And so you can kind of see how this cycle continues. And in other words, everybody wins here. And that's what we're after. We're after something where everybody wins. But how do you do that? Well, this is a huge part of that research and that education that needs to take part. And again, remember how I said all of this is interconnected. Well, you need to know who you're serving. 
and you need to know how they access services. And you'll need to discover in your community or however you're doing this, how do people access health care? Do they have insurance? And if so, what kind? Or if they don't have insurance, what is their their own level of income and how are they going to pay for services and what are they willing to pay? And then when it comes to third-party payers, you'll definitely need to do some research if you're going that route because you'll want to know what do you need to do in terms of getting credentials and getting contracting and what are the rates and are there any barriers to that when you're doing these, because we all know that there are some third-party payers out there that discriminate against nurse practitioners. So you need to be doing this research and figuring all of this out. Then, of course, if you're doing this in this component here, you need to be thinking about the billing part, and that's a whole nother animal that needs to be learned. And then collecting money, collecting money from your patients, collecting money from the third-party payers. And even if you have a cash practice, there's so many different moving parts into revenue generation that you need to understand just how this is all going to fit together. And of course, being able to generate that revenue goes back to this other part we were talking about, about making it work on paper when you are doing the PPFM analysis and and making those revenue projections. So we know that revenue cycle management can be complex, but if you have some good processes in place, some good policies and procedures in place, can actually go so much smoother. So let's talk about marketing. Okay, this is all about getting patients into your practice. And I think we've all heard the phrase, build it and they will come. I don't think there's ever been a bigger myth for entrepreneurs other than the whole idea of passive income. But this has got to be the biggest, if not the second biggest myth that is out there. They don't come. They just don't come if they don't know that your practice exists and if they don't know that why your practice is going to be a better option for them than another practice down the road. So this is where marketing comes in because marketing really is education. It's educating people about, hey, I'm open. I'm here. This is what we offer. This is why we're better than somebody else. You know, and one of the things that I have actually said for years, and I quote myself all the time on this, but marketing is everything that you do every single day that brings patients into your business, brings clients into your business. So you need to get comfortable with marketing. It's not about sales. It is just so much more. Now, I know that there are companies out there that are telling you that you need to spend thousands of dollars with them in order to market, in order to reach more patients. And yes, it does take some money, but there are so many ways for you to market, particularly initially, that isn't going to cost you a whole lot of money. Okay. A lot of it can be free, but you need to have a plan. You need to understand your patients and you have to educate yourself so that you can take part of these things. 
Now, finally, operations. So as I mentioned, there's the clinic operations and then there's the business operations. But right here, I want to focus on the business operations because this is what trips up a lot of clinicians. It's our weakest link in many cases. We love taking care of patients, but business, not so much. And you know what? There's companies out there that say, don't worry about it. We'll handle it all for you. You just go take care of the patients. Okay, that's fair enough. What is the cost to all that? And I don't just mean the cost in dollars, but the cost to you. It leaves you in the dark. And in some cases, this can be a very, very dangerous place to be when it comes to your business. However, if this is something that you truly want, you don't want to handle the back end of it, then excuse me, but you may want to consider staying an employee of somebody else's business. Because if you are going to own and operate your own business, you have to have an understanding of what that really takes. You may bring in a business manager. That's one thing. But just turning everything over to somebody else is can be disastrous. And it's the same thing with billing. I don't believe that you should just blindly trust your biller. You need to understand that billing process as well so that you can pick up on issues. Let me tell you, you do not want somebody else caressing your money, if you will, more than you do. You don't want them to like that so much more than you do. This is a crucial part of your business. So when we talk about business operations, we're talking about financial management and we're talking about compliance, not only financial compliance, but all sorts of other compliance. We're talking about privacy and security of the data for your patients and for your employees, talking about human resources. We're talking about things like OSHA and disaster planning and just the general administration. There's so much that goes into the operations of your business that it can sometimes feel a little overwhelming. But again, when you have the processes in place, and you know what to expect, and you're keeping up with all of those federal and state regulations that every practice must follow as well, it really does become a lot easier. Just think about the operations for your home, because your home is a business as well, right? You handle finances, you order supplies, you're doing human resources with the other people in your lives, you're doing marketing, you're you're doing education, you're doing all sorts of different things. Well, we're doing that in our practices as well. So as you can tell, just these four areas that I've I've talked about and all the other ones that I've talked about, everything is interwoven and nothing, I mean, it's anything but linear, right? There's no step-by-step here. But more than that, this is what it takes to open and operate a business. And, you know, I hear from practice owners all the time that, yeah, I opened my business. They didn't follow these steps. And now they have to come back and find time in their busy schedule, their busy lives to try and plug the holes. 
We all know that once we have a license, once we start a practice, we are always learning. We're lifelong learners. We are refining things as we go along. And I think the one thing that we all know is that the only constant here is change. So what we talked about was taking a look at the framework And I encourage you to take a look at the framework and see where you are in the process. And just to summarize, we talked about current practice models. We talked about the PPFM analysis and actually that being the basis of your business plan. We talked about business creation and revenue generation, marketing. We talked about the tools and equipment that we need to do our own work. We talked about clinic operations and we also talked about business operations. So as you can tell, starting a practice is complex, perhaps even more complex than you had thought about or anticipated. And perhaps you did get started in your own business and you found that you have some holes that need to be patched. So if you're in the process of starting your practice or you've already started your practice, I would love it if you would head over to the show notes at npbusiness.org forward slash framework and share with me where you are in that process or what holes you have found that you need patching. I think it's educational for everyone to see that they're not alone in this whole process. So as you can tell, there is just so much more to starting a practice And it cannot be learned in a single afternoon. And that's why I am so thrilled to tell you that our eight-week live online workshop, The Essentials of Starting a Practice, is now open for enrollment. Yes, I'm excited about that. The enrollment is open from April 1st through April 10th. And you can find that at npbusiness.org forward slash workshop. So you may have been to that page already. But go ahead and go there again, because it's now going to be redirected to all of the information so that you can see exactly what we're doing and for how long and for how much and the approval, by the way, that we did get for our continuing education credits. Now, if you're listening to this episode after enrollment ends, you can still go back to that link because it'll still have some information there. And you can let us know if you're interested in this program, because we might repeat it again later, sometime later this year. So thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time to listen to this podcast or to watch the video. And if you liked it and you got value out of it, please, please, please share it with your colleagues and give us a rating on either the iTunes podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe and give us a thumbs up. You will help everybody find our podcast as well. So again, Thank you. I'm Barbara C. Phillips, nurse practitioner and founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the NP Business Matters podcast. Bye-bye now. (laughs) 